Lisa Estevez, 31, is facing first-degree murder charges after she shot and killed Ray Jordan, age 25, in the chest. According to authorities, Lisa shot Ray after an April Fool's prank had gone terribly wrong. Authorities say Ray, who had been dating Lisa for three years, apparently got on his knees and proposed to Lisa, only for her to open the engagement box and reveal the words, April Fool's. She reaches down, grabs his, knife, his gun in rage, and shoots him three times in the chest, killing him. Well, that's a way to start this. What day is it? Oh my gosh, it's April, April 1st. <laughs> it is April 1st. <laughs> well, that's a good way. So, so she didn't actually shoot him. It's no. all a joke. Okay, it's just a joke. to clarify. Just to clarify. It's a joke. Not that murder is something to joke about, but we're going we're gonna to talk about April Fool's Day today. Hi. We're going to talk about some serious things and about some prankster things. Well, before we start, um, something that's not a joke and not an April Fool's prank is, Tracy, you have a cow in your kitchen. <laughs> I don't know that that surprises any of you because every single time, like every week you guys hear, oh, there's chickens, oh, there's goats, so there's... I know. Well, now there's a cow. I know. So what's up with that? What's up with the cow? You know, this is really just a part of me that is like both annoying and funny and cute at the same time. And people who are close to me <laughs> are like, oh my God, Tracy, you have issues. But not because, I mean... I guess, whatever. I currently have a goat in my garage, 25 chickens on my back porch, and now a cow in my kitchen. But they're babies, and it's springtime. It is really and, cute. And then, <laughs> we'll post pictures, you guys. It's so cute. You know, the thing is, is that, like, you know, the whole farming, ranching thing or whatever, these are not just, like, ranch animals to me. Yeah. Like, I, I really care about our animals. It's a bum calf, and if you don't know what a bum calf is, a bum a bum calf means that its mom either died giving birth to it or has rejected it in some way. And so it's a bottle-fed cow. Mm-hmm. It's a black Angus cow. We have nine other cows out on our land. We raise cows for both beef and, I mean, there's some that, that we'll, we'll eat, but other ones that are like, we raise from, from bottles and, and if we don't bottle feed it, it would die. Yeah. And so I got a call today from a local rancher who, um, said that they had it and couldn't take care of it and asked if I would go and get it. And I said, yes. Why is it in my kitchen? Because literally we have a ton of snow here and I can't get out to my land. Um, and but you just want to snuggle it. It's pretty cute. It is pretty cute. It's really cute. Why is the goat still in my garage? Again, because the snow. And I don't want to put my animals out on land that I can't get to and have something come up where I can't help them if they need to. They're babies. Yeah. So it does sound crazy and it sounds ridiculous, but there's a reason and a purpose. And that's not an April Fool's thing. Like It's that's... not an April Fool's joke. We will post pictures. I will put photographic evidence that there is a <laughs> calf in the kitchen. There is a calf in, a ki- in my kitchen, a goat in my garage, 25 baby chickens on my back porch. They will not stay here. I'm not like crazy. No judgment like... if you want to have like a house cow that's your prerogative well it's illegal for them to be in town (laughs) i mean that's the truth like you're not supposed to have but again it's i mean 
I have a lot of friends that are in law enforcement and even though it's a city ordinance there, I mean, it's not like, oh my God, you have a cap. That's a ticket. No, that's not the way we work here. Like common sense. Well, after this, turn, tune in next week when we have like a llama in here. No, there's not going to be a llama. <laughs> I swear to everything holy and good. Next week, if we don't have some sunshine and some of the snow is going away, I am moving. I am out of here. Maybe a donkey? No. None right, of that. Right. None of that. Some bunny rabbits? But it is cute. So if you hear a random, or I mean, whatever, like just be like, oh, they're recording at Tracy's house today. <laughs> Tracy's got a new animal at the house. I mean, it just, it is what it is. All right, well, I'll pass it back to you. <laughs> I am Tracy. I'm Samantha. This is the suspended sentence. So today we're talking about April Fool's Day. <laughs> April Fool's jokes are like, I, I hate this day. <laughs> I do, because you, ugh, I'm not, um, I'm not a jokester. I'm not, I don't find humor <laughs> in April Fool's Day at all. Do you? I find it funny to do to other people. To do it to other people, but not necessarily to have done no. to you. Right. I've got a few on you that make you really mad sometimes. Yeah, it that that and being wet. I don't like <laughs> wet clothes. Like, if you ever take a hose and spray me or get oh. me wet, like, I, I don't find humor in it. Yeah. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> no, I don't like squirt guns. I don't like, I don't like that stuff. I'm... I'll have a cow in my kitchen, but, I, but don't play a joke on me. Oh, my gosh. Some All right. people putting a cow in their kitchen might be a joke. It might be a joke. Oh, man, I should. Yeah. Oh, I've got now that. See, I don't. I'll, I can do it. I just can't take it. I don't know. <clears throat> April Fool's Day occurring on April 1st each year has been celebrated for several centuries by very, by a lot of different cultures. But we don't really know how it started, why it started. There's a bunch of different theories, but who knows? Okay. (laughs) Okay. This came to being. Well, I mean, some people say that it goes all the way back to like 1582 when France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar and then word just didn't get out until a certain amount of time. There's, There's stories from ancient Rome I mean, there's a million different, but nobody knows. Nobody knows. The theory that I like (laughs) that makes sense and resonates with me, especially right now, you've heard me complain and bitch incessantly about the weather right now in Wyoming and the absurd amount of snow that we've had this year. Um, The vernal equinox and April Fool's and how the correlation Mm -hmm. here. Um, It says, there's this theory that says, that the first day of spring in the Northern Hemisphere is April Fool's, April 1st, um, when Mother Nature fools people with un- with unpredictable changing weather. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It's going to be like 51 so, on Sunday. Yeah, I, it resonates with me. It was a blizzard this morning. We got three inches of snow this morning. Tomorrow it's going to be 51. So I, that's that's... That's the theory I'm going with right now. All right, we'll take it. We'll take it. But it doesn't, I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's just one of those, one of those things, I guess. Whatever. But in modern days, i.e. today, right, people go to great lengths um, to create elaborate April Fool's jokes, pranksters, hoax, whatever you want to call it. Even newspapers, radio, and TV stations get involved in this, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's hard, like like the article or like the, the case that I just read to you. It was published. It was a great headline. 
And then at the very end, in the fine print, it says, for entertainment purposes only, right? <laughs> like, it's just a joke. Um, <clears throat> and that's happened forever, and I'm sure that, that people have, have seen that. There's a neighboring town. Well, I'm not going to say that because it'll say where we're at, and I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, in 1992, um, National Public Radio ran a spot with former President Richard Nixon saying that he was running for president again. It was it was an actor. It wasn't Nixon, but people oh. believed it, and they were surprised, right? Until you know the end. And one of the most notorious ones was in 1996 when Taco Bell said that they purchased Philadelphia's Liberty Bell, and they were going to change the now the name to the Taco Bell. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical. That is funny, right? But but very much not true, right? Very much <laughs> not true. Um, but then but then there's there's other other times when real news gets published on April 1st and people actually get kind of pissed off because they're like, that's not funny. Why are you publishing stuff like that? Okay, for example, singer Marvin Gaye was fatally shot and murdered by, well, obviously fatally, fatally shot by his father, Marvin Gaye Sr. on April 1st, 1984. And it was published in the newspaper, but it was so shocking that people were outraged that the newspaper would joke about such a thing. Same thing with Selena, the singer Selena. Yeah. She was murdered um, on March 31st, and it hit the press on April 1st. People were outraged, completely outraged that, that um, the newspaper and TV places would do, would run an article like that as a joke about somebody that was as beloved as she was, but it was true. Yeah, it wasn't a joke. It wasn't a joke. But nobody believed that it wasn't. Right. But then there's other other times, right, that people do pranks or things that are intended to be funny that backfire on them. Get taken a little too far. Right. Right. So there was a doctor <clears throat> once upon a time who somebody thought they were going to, you know, play a joke on, and he... Um, <laughs> he went out, he got called out, out of town to go and, and check on somebody. It was three miles out of town. Um, it was quite an, not an inconvenience, but it took some time to get out there and to, I mean, it was a long time ago, like early 1900s when it was like horse and buggy scenario. Yeah. He gets called out to go check on this very, very sick person, gets out there. It was a joke. By the time he makes it back to town, he is so irritated, irate and mad that he stabbed the person to death who who pulled the prank on him. Like oh he was gosh. mad. Right. I mean. So when I say that I don't like April Fool's, so, <laughs> I mean, I'm not that bad. Okay. But, but he was not pleased. Not happy at all. And then there's, there's stories of, there was a story that I heard of a man who was just like jumping out to scare his wife. Scared her to death. What, like gave her a heart attack? Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like, you feel oof. pretty bad there, wouldn't you? Right. Exactly. Um, and then there's a story in 1975 in New York City where H.H. Um, H. Brown was something of a well-known and well-liked figure. He was quite wealthy and enjoyed a relatively lavish lifestyle with his family. But he returned home from work one day to find that his son was not at home as he usually would be. He went looking for him and soon found him in the barn. The 13-year-old was dead. What? How? It later transpired that the teenager was attempting to appear as if he had hung himself 
to trick his family and friends just as an April Fool's joke, but actually did it on accident. I have no words. Right. So sometimes April Fool's joke is, or April, yeah, April Fool's jokes are not very funny. No, I say no. (laughs) No. So maybe it's funny to, you know, stick with the normal stuff like putting plastic over a toilet seat or whipped cream on a handle or something that's not going to be... Fatal. Fatal. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we should avoid those. Yeah. And just, you know, as precautionary, don't pretend to propose to your girlfriend of three years. Because she might shoot you. Because she might. <laughs> you never know. You don't. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> but on a very, very serious note, the case that I want to talk about today is the case of April Tinsley. <laughs> okay. And this is not a joke. <clears throat> this is very serious. Um, trigger warning. This does have um, child crimes in its... So if you don't want to hear this stuff, just exit now. Okay. Yeah. It was Easter in 1988 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It was stormy and raining, and it was forecasted clear through the weekend. Eight-year-old April April Tinsley was playing outside with her friends when spots of rain began to fall. She left her umbrella at her friend's house just around the corner from her own home and hurried to collect it before the rain got worse. Her friends continued to play, and April never returned. Dinner time came, and when April didn't arrive home to eat, her mother, Jana, began to worry. She went outside to speak to April's friends, but they hadn't seen her in a while and thought she had already just gone home. Panic set in, and Jana rang the police to report her daughter missing. The search team assembled quickly, and volunteers from around the neighborhood began to hunt for April. Seventy-five officers and locals set out on foot and in vehicles to locate this little girl. But as the sun went down, April wasn't at home. Baby. A witness came forward and told investigators that she had seen a child being dragged into a blue van by a man in his 30s with light brown hair and facial stubble. The timings of the sighting matched up with April's disappearance and a sketch of the man was created with the witness's description. The man had a generic look and the search for him and the public appeal that would follow produced no leads for the police to follow. Days go by. Nothing. People continue to search. Three days later, April's little body was found by a runner. She was discovered around 3.30 in the afternoon, 20 minutes away from her home. Her body was found lying in a ditch, fully clothed, but on um, closer inspection during her autopsy, it was apparent that she had been redressed, and an examination concluded that she had been sexually assaulted. It was reported that April had been suffocated two days earlier at a different location, and her body was dumped in the ditch earlier in the day, meaning that her killer transported her and left her, left her on the side of the road in broad daylight. The police theorized that it was a local person well-known to, um, to the location, knowing what he was doing. Just a few days later, police announced <clears throat> that they had arrested a 34-year-old man in relation to April's murder. 140 people had called in to crime stoppers and reported the resemblance of the man to the composition sketch. And a neighborhood and a neighbor confirmed that they that there was a blue van parked outside the man's house on numerous occasions. The man had also spoken to friends about April and told them he had knowledge of her death. The police questioned him for hours, but instead of charging him for April's abduction and murder, he was charged in an entirely separate case of molestation of an 11 year old girl. Samples of her hair and blood were taken from the man as well as those from five additional men questioned in April's murder, and they were sent to a laboratory in Maryland for further testing. Nothing would produce anything. 
Years go by, two years go by, and nothing. No leads that result in anything, nothing. Until, out of the blue, on the side of a barn close to where April was found was written, I kill eight-year-old April Marie Tinsley. I will kill again. That's super eerie and alarming. Yes. According to a witness who lived near the barn, he had seen a man return to the area several times. Each time the message had become more prominent. Police never specified how they knew, but they confirmed that the message was consistent with what they believed was the killer's handwriting. It makes me so mad when they don't tell you, like, that means they have something from... Right, that they're not releasing. That makes me always so mad. And then, in 2004, four additional residents of Allen County would receive notes similar to that. They were posted on mailboxes or taped to the lawn, um, lawn abandoned bikes of little girls in their homes. One note would read, Hi, honey. Been watching you. I am the same person that kidnapped and raped and killed April Tinsley. You are my next victim. If you don't report this to police, and if I don't see this in the paper tomorrow or on the local news, I will blow up your house. Very, uh, <clears throat> what, BTK of him? The notes were delivered in a bag alongside either used, alongside either a used condom or a Polaroid of the man from the neck down on a bed littered with DNA. But DNA wasn't a big thing back then. So we didn't, we didn't have the capacity to test DNA the way that we do now, right? Ugh. <clears throat> with, uh, disgusting. <clears throat> Witnesses would come forward telling police that they'd seen a forest green van cruising the neighborhood during the time the notes were thought to have been delivered and again during the day. The Polaroids showed a naked man lying on a bed with, distinct, with a distinctive bedspread behind him. The Paisley-type pattern was that, um, that was unique in style, didn't match any hotels in the area, so believe, uh, police believed that it was taken from his home, wherever his home would be. It was green, and it was like, it, disgusting, absolutely disgusting. But the FBI was called in to help with the case in 2009, yeah, because like years and years have gone by now. Years and years have gone by and nothing. New composition, po or um, new pictures, new comp, what are those called? Like the identity sketches? Yeah. They updated them, um, and they, but they were very, very tight-lipped in what they were going to release and what they wouldn't. Um, and But honestly, they had nothing. But years and years later, finally, DNA evolves. Things evolve. The forensic evidence evolves and they get four different suspects. One of them is 59-year-old John Miller. John Miller was born July 7th, 1959. He was in a, in a an employee of Walmart. And they go to his house. This is creepy. This <clears throat> this is really creepy. <clears throat> they go to his house. They get a tip. They find, you know, they they get a DNA match or possibility that he could be he could be linked to this or he could be this guy. So they go to his house. He's just getting home from the grocery store. So he's got groceries in the back of his vehicle. The police come up. They say, hey, can we talk to you? And he says, yeah, what's up, basically. And they said, can you, you know, we need to take you down to the station. You want to take your groceries inside? And he says, nah, I'm good. 
gets in the vehicle with them. This is 14 years later, okay? Gets in the vehicle with them, goes down to the station. They pull him in and, and oh, well, okay, so it's like 20 minutes from his house to the police station and the police later say, it was almost like he, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed being in the backseat of the, of the, of the cop car. What? Yeah, like he was, he was enjoying it. He liked, I don't, I, I don't know. But they get him down to the police station. They ask him, they start asking him questions. They ask him, do you know why, you know, why you're here? And he says, yeah, April Tinsley. Just that cocky like that? Yeah. Yeah. So the cops are like trying to remain calm, knowing damn well, like, how, why would you just bring that up? I mean, it's 14 years later. He's, you know, lived in the, in the same community at the same trailer where they believe that April was raped and strangled. And he's lived there under everybody's nose for all of this time and nobody knew anything. Now they, they say that he was very, very private. He worked, you know, like the night shift. So he wasn't very, very routine, you know, stuck to the same schedule, never really did anything out of, um, out of the ordinary. Like he would get up, go to work, at Nothing night. really to draw attention to him. So. Nothing to draw attention, right? And so, and police say that that's probably how he got away with it and and flew under the radar for so many years, is because he never broke habit. So what? He just confessed right there and then. And the- he confessed. He went to trial. Um, DNA matched. Um, they got concluding evidence to it. He um, got. He was sentenced to eighty years in prison. Um, 50 for murder, 30 for the abduction and, and assault of her. Um, he won't, he won't get out until he's like 99 years old. Um, but here's the thing with the prison system. And I don't know, I don't know if people understand this and know this. Um, when, when you get sentenced, there's a lot of people who get sentenced to, um, say like 15 years, but then they end up only serving seven or eight years. Right. Um, do you know why that is? Good behavior? Yeah. So you've heard this, right? This term, good behavior, and people don't, they're like, what the hell? What does that mean? And I, it, it varies through agencies, whether it's, you know, state prison, federal prison, you know, it, it varies in, in what the actual terms are. And it can vary by state also. But it's basically what it is, is you get, for every day that you serve in prison, you get a day and a half good time. And it's because the prisons are overpopulated. Right. Right. So, so one day, if you're good is really the equivalent of two and a half days served on paper. (laughs) So that's why they're just trying to like, if you're not like causing a ruckus and looking like a reformed, correct. Member of society. Correct. Yeah. Get you in and out. Right. Because we got to make, we got to make room for the next, you know, we got to keep the door revolving, whatever. So, so he's, he's probably not going to get out before he dies. He, he'll die in prison, but 14 years. And, and here's the question, here's the question that a lot of people have. And that I've really been trying to think about like what my answer would be is, do we really think that for 14 years, he didn't do this again? No. Well, I mean, he was tormenting children to begin with. We don't think that somebody was... Something happened? I mean, I putting the notes on a little girl's car... I mean, he was clearly, like, watching kids. 
right and tormenting people so right so there's there's a there's a couple different theories with this and one would be with April that it they're really you know effed with him mm-hmm. and he was like oh oh dear god and did never do it again or he got better I think he probably got better. I mean, if it had messed with him and it really, if it was like, okay, wait, I didn't actually want to do that. Oh, that was way worse than I thought it was going to be. He wouldn't be putting naked photos of himself on children's bikes. I agree with that. So he gets off on the scaredness of little girls and that's disgusting. Yeah. So he probably just got better or, I mean, when did that first happen? It was... 88? 88. So, I mean, back then, relatively, it's pretty new that there's, like, a national database for crimes, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's a pretty new thing. Like, the last 20 years. Right. And that's, you know, there's another, that's another really great point is, you know, I mean, you could get, you could get away with things criminally, you know, in the 70s and early 80s that you absolutely could not get away with in the early 90s. Well, and I think that's, like true with like serial killers too and that was a big trend with serial killers is state hopping or county hopping because those counties aren't communicating with each other they're mm-hmm. not calling and reporting and being like hey we got this weird murder or this weird rape of this eight-year-old child you have anything like that like they're not communicating with each other right so i mean he may have just been going over a couple counties and doing stuff in other places yeah there's no evidence of that there's no, there's nothing that links, that links anything like that, but. But maybe no one looked into that. Well, I'm sure that they have now, you maybe. know, but I don't know. Not if it was in a different state. You're right. You're I don't saying. know. I don't know. It would be interesting. I, I couldn't find any interviews with him um, that have been done after, you know, after he was incarcerated. Um, but it would be, it would be interesting. Not that he's worth, you know the breath that it takes or the air that it takes to make a sentence. But in my opinion, I agree with that. I mean, people who prey on our most vulnerable and our most precious citizens, our children and our elderly. I don't think, I think there's a special place reserved in hell for you, but um, I don't know, but, but interesting, but it would be interesting to hear, you know, what did you do? You just, you know, dump a, a beautiful little innocent child on the side of the road and go to work yeah how does that work how do you shift how does that what do you have to tell yourself in order to to function on a daily basis yeah i mean it's a fair question right his neighbors his neighbors said they um described him as being angry and very reclusive really so he really appreciated his privacy he really appreciated the solitude of, I guess, coming out at night, but it's said in there that, you know, her, her body was, was put in the ditch in daylight, that all of those notes were left on bikes in the middle of the day. So I don't know. And, and maybe that's how he, he did that in the middle of the day, right? Is because nobody expected to see him. Yeah. Cause he works the night shift. He's like, right. Only the people who come out at night would, would know him. I don't know. But it's creepy. It is creepy. It's creepy. He also said that he didn't, he had never seen April prior to taking her. He didn't 
stalk her or groom her or or anything like that. He didn't have her selected. He had said in the police interview that any little girl would have done. It's disgusting. And she, he pulled up next to her and said, get in my van. And she did. And it was literally a matter of opportunity, not, she wasn't profiled in any way. According to him. Yeah. Which. Which is even scarier, honestly. I mean, it's all scary, no matter which way you look at it. But to me, it's almost like a little scarier that, like, he's like, anybody would have done. Any little girl walking down the street. Yeah. Was, that was going to happen, too. Right. You know, usually. Well, I mean, he didn't have like, a type. He didn't have a. He didn't have a motive. He didn't have... Well, I mean, he had a motive, but... You know, have you ever seen those those shows? Here I go with my TikTok references again. Have you ever seen that guy on TikTok who, you know, gets permission from the parents, but says, let's see if your kid will... Let's yeah. see how safe your kid is. Let's see if your kid will go with me. Mm-hmm. And he does that. It is astounding and terrifying to see how many kids... We'll just get with, go in with anybody can be lured into any situation. And I think that as parents and, and we are, we are a lot more conscious of that. I think as a society and raising our children in, in, you know, stranger danger, not going with, with people that we don't know, not getting into vehicles, you know, et cetera. Um, but it's, it's a little terrifying to see how easily it is to get our kids to, I'm, I am ridiculous about this. Like my kids in the 26 years that I've been a mom, I, my kids do not ride the school bus. They do not. I am there to pick them up or somebody, my kids don't go with anybody. Right. My kids have never. like their sibling or you, they're not going. Right. And this is a hundred percent the truth. My kids, this is how ridiculous I am. My kids have never had a babysitter outside of the family. I mean, honestly, in today's world, that's not that crazy. Well, that's a little over the top. I don't know. I'm terrified. Of, <laughs> I think, I think I'm I... terrified of like daycares and stuff. You hear horror oh. stories and stuff about yeah. them giving babies Benadryl to get them to go to sleep, take their nap oh, and then they die in their sleep because they get overdose on Benadryl. I mean, I've seen like three cases like that in the last like five years. I'm like... Yeah, there's there's a lot. Our children are... So I don't think that's honestly that crazy unless you like know somebody like really, really well. Right. When my kids were young, I actually had a daycare because it was so important to me to stay home and, and I'm so un I'm just so untrusting of anybody. But but some people don't get that don't have that opportunity and don't get that luxury. Yeah. You know, and some people don't have those choices. Um, but those TikToks are always they always make me take pause and like, oh baby. I know. Well, something I was just thinking about while you were while we were going into that is I don't I wonder if this was his first victim because that's pretty ballsy, like we were saying to drop her off, a abduct her in daylight, drop her, dis dispose of her body in the daylight, mm-hmm. like that's pretty ballsy for somebody that's never done something like well, that. Well, he was super sloppy, so. I, I mean, not sloppy enough to, he got away with it for a really long time. He got away with it for a little while, but, but the sending the, the used common condoms full of his own semen with the notes, I mean, as disgusting, I mean, seriously disgusting as that is super sloppy. I mean, people who have experience with abductions and with 
killings, don't make mistakes like that. Well, unless he had been doing it for a while. A lot of people say, though, at some point that now it's the rush of, like, look how stupid the, the police are. So it may have been, like, a taunting thing. Maybe it wasn't his first. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's I don't know. Pretty... And, you know, the only person that knows is him. Yeah, and he's not going to ever tell anybody. And he's... I mean, maybe. He, like, walked in and was like, yeah, I did this. Yeah. Ugh, disgusting. So, that's not an April Fool's joke. At all. At all. We're going to, um, I'll post some pictures of of where these notes were placed, you know, a, a map of the area so that you can see how closely it was and a picture of him and, and some other things regarding this case. Um, it's not a joke. It won't have any fine print at the bottom of the article. It's disgusting. Um, thanks for sitting through that with us and happy April Fool's Day, everyone. Don't... Fake propose to your girlfriend and get shot in the chest. Let's not, like, put <laughs> drugs in water and... <laughs> yeah. And let's, just... let's maybe just, like, play, like, fun little pranks, like like Tracy was saying. Like, maybe some saran wrap on the toilet or, like, a bucket of water over the doorway. Right. One time I was dating a guy years and years and years ago, and I filled his, the inside of his truck with popcorn. Oh. Like, the entire cab of his truck with popcorn. <laughs> um was super pissed about it oh yeah <laughs> well yeah can you imagine little kernels of <laughs> popcorn forever i thought it was hysterical i think that's hilarious right i would i would be pissed if it was done to me though but i feel like i feel like you've told me that story in the past before and i feel like that almost ended badly for you didn't it it did i actually almost got shot <laughs> <laughs> actually now that you now that i'm bringing it up that, yep. that was almost a bad idea that's right i went i went he lived out in the country and um, I snuck onto his property to pull the prank on him and yeah, he didn't, he, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. That touche. That's a great ending to this. And he, I could hear him walking around, like hearing us, me and my girlfriend outside doing this. And so we, we, he had just built a house there. And so the bottom of it wasn't done. So we crawled under the, into the crawl space to hide so that we didn't get, so he didn't catch us. And as he's opening the door, we hear very distinctive sound. If you know what the, you will know. The sound of a bullet entering the barrel of a shotgun. And I was like, shit! It's me, it's me, it's me! So I'm like screaming under, under the house. I'm like, it's me, it's me. I'm sorry, we're just playing a prank. And he was like, not happy. But yeah, I almost got shot doing that. Things were... Thank you for illustrating my point. So, even, I guess, the less harmful ones. Right. Not be the best. Yeah. So, okay, let's not, like, sneak onto people's property. Let's not be breaking and entering. He did not break up with me, though. I mean, he... (laughs) We made it through it. But... He survived. And he never shot you, so... And he didn't shoot me, thank God. Oh. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Stay safe.